Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Mann. Welcome to another edition of your Life's Work podcast, brought to you by Gravelly Voice. You can get Gravelly Voice for $19.99 in Northeast Ohio in the fall time when there's no rain. Uh, yeah, I got a little. I got a little. <laughs> I got a little. I have a little gravelly voice today, so uh, I apologize for that, but that's just the way. I've been trying to get rid of it all day with the water and the coffees and all that stuff. Nothing works, so we're going to stick with it. I have started this podcast and then deleted it and started again at least 10 times. I've had technical issues. I had philosophical problems with myself. (laughs) I've had some doctrinal problems with myself going on the way, but we're going to try it again for like the 15th time. I'm going to do prayer today, but it's not what you think uh, people talk about with prayer. Uh, so stick around from that. It's not. It's not. I'm going another way with prayer and stick around. But f- first, I want to talk about uh, Richard Rohr. Um, for those of you who do know, and most of you who, who who follow me on the podcast, you know who Richard is. You're very familiar with him. If you like this podcast, you probably like Richard. Um, not that I'm anything like Richard. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I, I aspire to be, I, I suppose, in a couple ways, but it's just not my personality. Richard, uh, he's a he's a Franciscan based out of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Runs a little thing called the Center for Action and Contemplation. It's rock star status stuff. You can find him at cac.org. He's also a prolific writer. Uh, I, uh, I would be considered a student of Richard Rohr's, and uh, if he writes it, I read it. His last book, The Universal Christ, was amazing. Um, if you have not read it, please do yourself a favor. Even if you're not Jesus-minded, you will find something here uh, in that book. Even if you're regular, regular Joe, regular, you're a regular Joe listener at JR, you will love this. And I know you regular Joes out there, and I love you. You will love that book. He, he wrote kind of a, 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 you know, most of us are familiar with Richard Rohr because of his daily meditation emails. And most of us are very thankful for those because they really are very centering. And if you don't get the emails, you get you go to cac.org. You can sign up for his daily emails. They're they're rock star stuff. If you get my emails, they're like ten times, if not a hundred times, better than mine. They're just really really great. He um he writes a very intimate, what what I consider an intimate email to everybody, given the times because we're under huge amounts of stress, COVID, civil unrest, and now we're going into an election. That could literally break the back of, um, of what we're doing here in America, without a doubt. And, and I'm not overstretching that sentence. That's what it is. I, I have said, I have said uh, since the summertime that it's not COVID and it's not civil unrest that we're worried about anymore. It's really the election we're worried about. We have gotten to such a dualistic uh, a phase of our culture and our society, meaning it's either or, it's up or down, it's left or right that you can't have an, you can't have another opinion if your buddy's got one opinion and you've got another like that breaks relationships now and the discourse at that level gets to be very dangerous because it becomes violent and violence takes many forms i'm not just talking about stabbing you in the neck although that's the way we like to play right so we're sitting in this highly uh, 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 volatile, anxiety-ridden, trepidatious time, and then here comes Richard with this just real email. It's uh, the title of it's some simple but urgent guidance to get us through these next months. And again, if you know Richard and you read them, 
you get a lot of what he's talking about. And it definitely sounds like him, but there's also this this like kind of not it's not worry or strain, but it's a real like, hey man, we need to we need to kind of come to the table. Like if if we're enveloped in faith at any level, in any wisdom tradition, we need to start coming to the table and really calming the F down everybody and doing the best we can to move to center in love. I'm not going to read the whole email. It's posted on my Facebook page. If you want to read the email, you can go to cac.org. I'm almost positive it's up there. Uh, and maybe I'll post it um, on my website when I'm done. I, I just want to read the last paragraph because I think what he's calling us to do, all of us, I think it's very, very important as we roll through the next four to six months. Because again, it, COVID and civil unrest or kindergarten shenanigans compared to what we got coming with the election. Because again, it, it, it will be close. And a close election in 2020, you'd figure, would be an easy thing to figure out because of technology. But that's not the case. We are struggling for power in this country right now when we need to be really planting the idea of peace, ease, and love. And again, as a result of this, it is kicking our ass. And we have a media machine that is in the palm of our hands that is helping fuel anxiety and fear and ego and rage. And all of those things I just said, all those words, are we don't need that. <laughs> we just don't need that. And you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything you're disagreeing with, for the record. Now, if I was to start splitting hairs with you politically, yeah, I think you'd probably have a problem with me. So I'm not saying anything out of turn. You get what I'm saying. But I want to read these last couple paragraphs from Richard. He says, if you will allow, I recommend for your spiritual practice for the next four months that you impose a moratorium on exactly how much news you are subject to. Hopefully not more than an hour a day of television, social media, internet news, magazine, and newspaper commentary and or political discussion. It will only tear you apart and pull you into the dualistic world of opinion and counter-opinion, not divine truth, which is always found in a bigger place. He says, instead, I suggest that you use this time for some form of public service, volunteerism, mystical reading, reading people who are talking spiritual stuff, from masters, prayer, or preferably all of the above. He says, you have much to gain now and nothing to lose, nothing at all. And the world, with you as a stable center, has nothing to lose and everything to gain. And then he signs it, Richard. Go back and read, go back and read the email if you can find and, and you can find it. It's, it's posted. Um, I, I love this idea that we come off a of social, we come off the of news a little bit. I was in the media business for years, y'all. Years. I know exactly how myself and my teams that I worked with did everything we could behind the scenes to gather eyeballs to the television or ears to a radio or clicks on the internet. And I was fortunate or unfortunate enough to develop a lot of these strategies along the way as a guy who is successful in the media business. So I know something about how people right now are trying to gather your attention. I am not going to go, oh, they're evil. They're wrong. They're bad. They're dumb. I'm not going to do that. Because I think what we're dealing with here is 
is something much more simpler than just going, it's evil, it's wrong, it's bad. And I think that the simplicity of it is there is such a need to draw you away from who you are at the center of love in divine space. And so I urge you too, along with Richard, and thank God for him leading the way, because a guy like me um, can also get the cojones to go, put the damn phone down, stop the scroll, turn the cable off a little bit, put down the commentary, turn down the CNN and the Fox, watch less, listen less. And I love his suggestions at leaning in to the public service, to the volunteerism, to the study, to the prayer, or all of the above. If you need suggestions on, on stuff to read or listen to, on my website, jrman.com, I think the section is called Must Reads. As I look at it right now, just real quick. Oh, I think it's Must Reads. I apologize. It's, uh, yes. Yes, Must Reads on my, on my, on my website, jrman.com. There's a bunch of masters there that uh, um, are, are, are super, super trusted, in, in, in my opinion, um, to calm you the hell down. <laughs> and that's what we need. So that, that's my little take. Go to cac.org uh, to find Richard Rohr. We are at a crossroads here. I am not being overly dramatic. This election is going to F with people. There's no doubt. I have very dear, close, personal friends um, that I've known for years that are uh, overextended in their anxieties and their fears, um, particularly as... Uh, we're now looking at a Supreme Court justice pick. I mean, there's a lot of shit that we can talk about here. There's just a bunch of stuff, and, and, and everybody's got a, a thing on it. The idea, though, that Richard wants us to do, man, is to kind of go back to center. Go back to center in divine space and love. That's why his recommendations are so great. To lay off, to cut your, your media use like three quarters. Just cut it, cut it, and get back into some healthy, discerning, ability to center in divine space and whatever wisdom tradition that 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 you're sitting in all right that's it let's hit let's hit prayer um so you know when i when i began my well i tell you when i began my spiritual journey when i was a kid and i really started to vibe on divine presence and again most of you heard heard my story i'm seven years old i you know, this, this thing happens inside me that I don't, I don't even question it. It was as easy as like, I was hungry. I need to eat. Right. That was just, it's just that, that kind of simple. I didn't ask for a name. I didn't need a, a process. I didn't need five steps to get me there. I didn't need, I didn't need to say a prayer to get it. Um, and, and so that whole movement throughout my life has always consecrated the understanding of prayer. Like, as I breathe, as I think, as I am, as I'm aware, as I get more and gain more consciousness, as I love, as I learn to love, as I make absolute royal effing mistakes and come to a bigger consciousness of how I need to ask for forgiveness and how I need to move into more humility and all those things, they have literally become prayer for me or the intentional movement into the divine space. 
the recognizing of me, of self, the understanding that my life isn't my own. Again, all this is prayer. But what we've done to prayer, again, it's, it's like the Christians. And, and you Christians who are in some kind of deconstruction will, you know, sit in the front row, cheer, and hold signs. What we've done to people is we've said, if you say this, you will have. And I go the other way. I think you already have it. And maybe you will say it. Maybe you won't. <laughs> but you already have it inside of you. Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes, I won't go chapter and verse there. There's one of my favorite lines, which is, uh, every man has eternity burning in his heart. Which, again, like, if that's the only thing we can take from the Bible today, let's, that's it. That's all we need. Every man, woman, that's what we're saying when we're saying man, woman too, child, yes, everybody, creation, the creation, has eternity burning in their hearts. Meaning we are already a part of. We're already in there. For me, prayer hasn't become something to learn. For me, prayer has just become the communication method in divine space. That is it. Like, I can't tell you where it comes from. And that's my point. But deep inside of me, my spirit cries out for this deepness in love and of love. You know, sometimes somebody will call me and say, hey, can you pray for my daughter? Can you pray for my friend? Can you pray for my dad? And then once the petition is out in the open, it becomes this idea that we join with God because something is inside of us that really wants to love. I want to love that person through a divine communication. And in, the, in, and in that case, the divine communication is, hey, help a brother out. I have a dear friend uh, who has COVID-19. I, in fact, I have a few friends uh, uh, that have had COVID-19. Uh, one dear friend who lost his dad uh, and a few others that are still battling. Somebody says to me, well, I mean, you know, you're going to pray? I mean, I mean, why pray? God, you know, it's going to do whatever it's going to do. And I say, yeah, sure. I, that's that point. Great. That's a fantastic point. I mean, you know, we prayed for my friend's dad who died. Why didn't God? Why didn't God do that? Why didn't God answer that prayer? These aren't easy, you know. These aren't. You just can't solve this shit. You can't just, you know, write a little note and pass it along. Here's the answer to why God didn't answer prayers. But maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's not God's like designed to just simply be your Santa Claus. Maybe God's not designed to simply be your UPS delivery dude, woman. For those of you paying attention. Maybe at the end of the day, this is really, really about how we're joining in the deeper understandings of love, not only in our own hearts, but also throughout the whole planet. And how the softening of our hearts happens when we consider contemplatively what communication with God is or isn't. What is the last thing you ask God? Let's start there. What's the last thing you asked? What's the last thing you went, yo, God, I need this? Where did that come from? Again, to my point, where does it come from when we're stressed, when we're fearful, when we're in need, and we start screaming out to the, to the ceiling? Where does that thing come from? Again, for, for me, these were the questions I had. I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't grow up in a religion. I didn't grow up. I didn't. I did not grow up with a religion. 
But yet I still felt this force deep inside of me to speak in times of great upheaval, 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 upheaval or joy. And everything in between became this just mixing and melding of communication with that life force that I felt inside of me. So the last time you asked for something, again, did it come from the need to feel safe, protected, or certain about a certain outcome? Perhaps it was a petition for a friend or a loved one, like we talked about. Consider for a moment what happens inside of you as you form the words to God, to the divine. As you hold faith for whatever it is you're asking or communicating. What is happening in you? Again, these are th- again. It's like the Christians. If I say again, again, somebody punch me in the neck. Consider the Christians for a couple seconds, because remember, the whole idea is here: if you say a prayer, you're going to be okay. With what I'm saying, <laughs> is this stuff is already in you, but we don't we don't take time to really settle into that thought. What is in me? Does my heart really burn for eternity? Meaning, am I really connected to God? Am I really connected to universe? Am I really connected to love? Am I really connected to center? However you want to do that. Some ask me why we pray. And I get that. As a spiritual director, why do we pray? What is that? And I say because we have to. Because it's in us. And it must come out. We're not trying to be spiritual people. We are spiritual people. That's all there is to it. There, there is no my spiritual life. My, just by me, I'm spiritual. I have things inside of me that don't necessarily have answers that happen every single day. I've stopped questioning them and stopped looking for words and sentences, dogmatic process and practices that make sense of it. Because some of it doesn't. So I just lean in to it. And prayer is one of those that I lean into it. Because multiple times during the day, if not hundreds of thousands, I find myself communicating back with the wonderful energy of my heart as I ask for solace and peace for my family, for you, for me, for a country that has some serious ass shit going on. Prayer is its own power, not simply yours. Prayer has its own power. It's not just simply yours or somebody else's or some dude who wrote a book and pray these things and it'll happen. It's spirit deep in you. And at times acts like an involuntary spiritual muscle calling out to the deepness of love to join your present circumstances. Remember learning about involuntary muscles in science class? Mr. Golden, 7th grade, Spry Junior High. If you're, a, if you're a Spry alum, cheers to you. Spry Junior High, high School, for the record, was in the town of Webster, New York. The building, if you went to Spry, you know what the building was? It was a W after Webster. If you look at a, an aerial shot of it, it was a W. I know, right? Yeah. When did I learn that? Well, I learned that from Mr. Freed, pre- principal at the time. Makes me super smart. <laughs> John Golden's science class, I learned about involuntary muscles. Muscles that kind of move by themselves because they have to. Consider your bowels for a minute, <laughs> right? They move by themselves sometimes, and they have to. Prayer is like an involuntary spiritual muscle. Sometimes it just happens, man. 
And that's what I want you to consider. I don't want you just simply to look outside of yourself for prayer or other prayer or prayers. To, you know, Jesus taught us only a couple of prayers, right? You'd figure, you'd figure that Jesus, this, this unbelievable spiritual superhero, would have taught us 570 prayers. He didn't. <laughs> only a few prayers. But if you read his life, Really, if you read his life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you get into the Gospels and you just read about the kind of guy he was, this was a moving prayer. This guy's energy was a moving understanding, and he did really rad stuff like, oh, I don't know, leave everybody and go hang out with God, his father, and settle up score with him in a time of stillness and silence and prayer. So yeah, he taught us some prayer, but... His big movement was, yo, I got to get out of here and be with, intentionally be with Father. That's prayer. That's prayer. I don't know the words he said. I mean, again, he taught us a couple of them, but the value of what I'm talking about is the idea that you want to be with the divine or in divine space or with love, learning to receive and give it. Trust prayer, lean into it, and above all, speak the words and feelings. Speak your words and your feelings in prayer. Sometimes it won't sound uh, like you on your knees with your hands together in some kind of weird triangle position. Sometimes it'll be you driving, listening to music and zoning out and just really intently thinking about your loved ones, your friends, paying a bill, getting through this 2020. Sometimes it'll be just a, you help me. Sometimes it'll be thank you. Sometimes it'll be just gratitude. You'll feel gratitude. You just feel it, prayer. Sometimes it'll be sadness. And you'll just want somebody. You want the intentionality of the movement with God next to you. Sometimes in my stillness and silence, I get so sad that tears come to my eyes. That movement and feeling and emotion becomes my prayer. Becomes my, my moments my time with Father. What are you praying right now? So what are you praying right now? What's your prayer right now? What, what is it? Are you, what are you looking for? Are you looking for just something to happen? Or are you looking for a tighter space of peace and ease with you, God, and the world around you and the people that you love? For a while, I've been on this kick that I'm not wanting anything. That I don't need anything. Yeah, I mean, I want stuff. I would. I'd love a 1967 Land Rover 2A. I used to have this beautiful 1967 2A Land Rover a million years ago, 13 years ago, and I sold it. I, I want one back. But I find myself lately at 53 in the movement of life that I'm in, deeply contemplatively taken in the idea of not having or wanting anything, living a very simplistic, weight-free life. That's prayer too. That's prayer too. I'm not saying that's something that you need to attain. I'm saying that's something that's happening with me. If you want a Ferrari, go for it. Be more than happy if you pull up and take me for a ride. What are you praying for right now? What do you want? Is it selfish endeavor? Is it just to move you forward? Or is it, again, a tighter communication and peace with God? Does prayer work? Yes, it works. It's in you. It comes out of you. It works. Is prayer like talking to Santa Claus? No, it's not. When Jesus says, you know, ask me and I'll give you anything you want, that's what, this is what people do. 
Jesus says, you know, ask and, and it'll happen. I think Jesus is really talking about how you reconcile things in your heart. Not just physically getting shit. Or staying attached to person, place, or thing. God is really hoping for you through prayer that again you tighten yourself up and against the flow of God. You flow from Him, not to Him. And that's what prayer, that's how we've been taught. Our prayer will somehow flow us to Him. You flow from God. You are created by Him, by universe, by divine, by presence, by love. Everything I'm saying is so loaded right now for criticism. I'm so happy about that. Prayer isn't about getting. It's about the intentional commune with God, with the divine. It's not about getting. It can be, but it's not about getting. Think about you and your best friend. What kinds of, when you go down to coffee, when you sit with coffee or on the phone or on the Zoom with your best friend, is it just a series of asking? Or is it a series of knowing and listening? Can you pray wrong? No. Any movement to God is prayer. Your breath, your thinking, your stillness is prayer. You flow from God. Prayer is as you continue to be aware and conscious with divine. Prayer is as you continue to be aware and conscious with the divine. Is God waiting for your prayer? Is Jesus waiting for your prayer? No. I hate to tell you. He's longing for you to discover who you are in him or her. Did you just call God her? God is longing for you to discover who you are through him, her. I think about the prodigal son. If most, some of you know the prodigal son story in the Bible. This son who demanded his inheritance and leaves his house, just spends all his inheritance, whoring it up, drinking, acting like a jackass. And then on back home he comes. Father at the end of the driveway can't wait, runs to grab him, ushers him into a party. Son tries to explain. Father says, shh, just come. You were lost, now you're found. Prayer. Consciousness, awareness. Prayer is in you. Prayer is in you. You don't need to learn it. You need to communicate it. You need to take those deeper longings, those wants, needs, and desires that you have to be loved and love, to slide alongside God and exercise them. Words and emotions and movement Love. That's all I got. I would suggest if you're looking for more uh, methods or the mechanics of prayer, there's a million books out there. But more than that, I would return to Jesus real quickly. And again, regardless of where you are on the Jesus fence, whatever you want to do, but Jesus does teach us a couple of prayers. The Our Father, which most of you know, uh, and you can Google the Our Father prayer, I think is a wonderful way to really start to envelop what's going on inside of you. Because you cannot pray that prayer without, again, again, it's going to require you to have a little insight. 
Don't just say the words. Be with the words. But start there. If you've never prayed, you can start there. If you've never prayed, don't start there. Forget what I just said. How about just simply utter what is in your heart? Listen deeply to what's going on and then allow the words to come out. I know a few of you out there, some of you email me and you're like, I'm alone, what do I do? And for those of you who are alone and what do I do moments, again, I just encourage you to listen deeply to what the heart is speaking and then allow yourself the ability to slide alongside divine. God is always speaking. He is never not speaking. He is not silent. Okay, this business about how I got to go walk in the woods five days to find God. It's all bullshit, man. He's right there. He's right there. All right, I love you, good people. I'm JR Man, J R M A H O N, J R M A H O N. If you need a spiritual director, I'm your guy. Glad to help you out. If you're looking for a great place to stick your money, a 501c3 that uh, is making a difference like you wouldn't believe, it's tabletopministries.online. It's a nonprofit that we run. We do spiritual direction for free for people who can't afford those traditional levels and and places of uh, counseling and therapies. It helps out a lot of people, and we do it for free. And we need your cash to support what our mission is and what the time is. So tabletopministries.online, and there's a donation button. We would love for you to join us um, as we uh, take care of the people. Um, And that's what we do. And it's a legit 501c3, all government, blah, 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 blah. Um, I love you much. Don't forget that Richard Rohr email. Please read that whole thing. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you being on journey with me. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.